Hello, everyone. This is Hold On, Big Blue, bringing the best in New York Giants sports talk. I'm Tim. And New York Giants straight talk. Wanted to bring it back old school. Why? Because I like doing old school stuff when we talk about the New York Giants 2023 draft. Oh, it was a fun draft. It was a fun night. I want to thank uh, Swing Culture TV, Big L Gigante, and uh, 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 Chris, for the love of MMA, who who accompanied me to the draft party at, at MetLife. We had a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, Dom ran the control room. We We actually called a lot of the Giants draft from the Giant locker room. And on the field, so it was a it was a lot of fun. Want to talk about this draft? Want to talk about what the Giants did? Maybe do like a little. We're gonna do a little, you know, a little grade, a little school here. Give them our grade. We did a video. We did a live stream on Sunday with R Zero B, also known as Rob, on our regular Sunday stream, which is also referred to as Sunday Giant. And we did a pretty good assessment, I think, of the draft. Kind of a yin and yang thing. And uh, if you want to go watch it, I'm going to post it in the comments below. But it was, it was I think it gave a, it was almost a two hour breakdown of most of the draft. And uh, I really do think it, it's a good watch. I think it's a watch that is, that um, is because is good because of the fact that, like I said, it gives both sides, both perspectives. And, and it's not just this, every giant pick that we have is, is a winner. They're all hall of famers. And I said it before, cause the draft was in April. Everyone's a hall of famer. You draft in April. But can we wait at least till rookie camp? Can we wait till we put on the pads? Can we wait at least until like game eight before we start anointing everyone of the Giants draft picks? It's the greatest draft ever. I laugh because I got to stay off Twitter because I saw one of the stupidest things on Twitter that Eric Gray, the 176 overall pick at Oklahoma, he is a combination of Dave Meggett and Rodney Hampton. Now, I've seen both of those gentlemen play in person. Rodney Hampton is one of my favorite players. And I can tell you right now, Eric Gray looks nothing like either. But that's okay. There are no stupid people. <laughs> no stupid questions, only stupid people. Ah, I should have found that sound effect, but I was too tired to go. I'm too lazy to look on the soundboard. But let's talk about this draft for a minute. I, I find it interesting. I do think the Giants probably, this, this is, if you go from the first three picks, I think this is an A draft. If you, if you even if you subtract the assets giving up to move one spot, the assets giving up to get Jalen Hyatt, I do think this is an A draft. Um, while the, I, if you go back into the annals of draft history, and this is going back even to when I started watching the draft in the seventies, well, I started really watching in the eighties because of the fact that it wasn't on television until the till about eighty three. Um, but it's it, they've always said that if you draft by a position of need and you take the best player available for a position of need, a lot of times they call that a reach. That's that's just the way the draft used to fall out. And I've noticed this last year, a lot of teams were drafting players of need, players position of need. And usually in the first round, when you do that, that's okay. But when you start doing the second, third, and fourth round, you know, the Raiders spent their entire life under Al Davis at one point in time doing that. Drafting guys either with speed and players of need, and that never really worked out. So I I just find it interesting that this year was one of those drafts that if you watched it, a lot of teams, I'm not going to say reached, but they drafted via need, not best player available. And sometimes, and, and if you take the best player available at a position, you're still drafting a need, which sometimes we used to call that a reach. 
But that seems to have gone out the window, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland. I like Banks. I said it before. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a good value pick. He fits Wink's system to a T. He, like I said, he he reminds me of young Marcus Peters. Uh, I think he'll go. He'll, he'll pair well with Adoree Jackson. He is a guy that is a strong tackler, very good tackler, very good tackler. To, he has he has excellent technique in regards to his tackling, excellent technique. And like I said, one of the things that I always look at, and I was actually a very good tackler in college. I was I was a very I may not have had speed, I may not have had you know a lot of the other intangibles, but I could tackle because I had the technique. I understood how to wrap up. I understood how to drive, you know, lead with your shoulders, wrap up, drive with your legs. You know, I understood that. And when you watch Banks, he is that type of guy. He's that big corner. And I said before, he reminds me of a corner from the 90s. You know, anywhere between six foot to six three, two hundred and something pounds. You know, the run stuffer, the Mark Haynes back in the eight early 80s with the Giants. You know, the guy that can come up and make the play, you know, against the run and then still drop back in the coverage. I'm not concerned that he only had two interceptions his entire career at, at Maryland because of the fact that sometimes, you know, you have you have some guys that are just ball hawks. You also have some guys that sometimes you know, just are in there. They may not be a fleet of foot. They may not be the most talented, but for some reason, they're always in the right spot to make the play on the ball. I would rather him make the play on the ball and not intercept it, but knock it down or make the tackle after the catch immediately and limit yards. If you look at the fact, I mean, um, he's a guy that's going to have to learn a couple things. He, he is susceptible to a double move. If you watch some of his film at Maryland, that's something I think, though. That again, this that's something that's coachable. He has some 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 I would say not flaws, but he has some things that he's going to need to be coached up on a little bit. And and I think that's uh, I, I think that's what way you're going to have to look at. He is going. I have a feeling early on, like all other cornerbacks that start right out the gate, he is going to have his ups. He's going to have his downs. He's going to look foolish at one point in time. But you hope he gets that all out of his system in training camp in preseason. But the Giants wanted him. It was Wink's guy. You could see from how he was hugging the Shane Knott that this was Wink's guy. So I don't have a problem with that. I like the pick. I would give the pick an A, even with the trade, only because of the fact that you are trading up to get a guy. Yes, you gave up a lot to move up one spot, but then also look at the fact that Giants then trade, excuse me, the Jaguars also then traded the 25th pick for a fourth round the Giants give up a five and a seven. So I don't, I don't have an, I'm not overly, I'm not overly concerned about that. But like I said, that is something that needs to be pointed out. Uh, the next player we took with the 57th overall pick is John Michael Jingleheimer Schmidt, uh, the offensive lineman, or the center out of Minnesota. Oh my God. I, I love this pick. Not from the perspective as a player, but as a perspective that the Daniel Jones panty boys, are now now have new new father for their spank bank. Because you would think that we just drafted the reincarnation of Bart Oates, Dwight Stevenson, everything else rolled up into one, and this guy hasn't even played a snap yet. <laughs> I just love it. Um, Schmitz never played any other position outside of center with the Golden Gophers. He he has been he has been a stalwart on that line. 
he, he, he a lot of people have him had him ranked as their top center, but Joe Tipman went first. I think, and I've said it before, and there's no crying or spilt milk, but I think Giants probably might have gone for Tipman because of the fact that Tipman fits fits more of what the Giants' offensive line philosophy was last year, because he is quicker, he's more athletic, he's stronger than Schmidt. Um, but like I said, he, he went to the Jets, so you so you can't cry over that. You you go you go to the next man on your list, and I think that was probably John Michael Schmidt. Now, I mean, if you look at the scouting reports, a lot of them will say he is not the biggest. He's not the most athletic. He's not the most flexible. He's not the strongest. But he understand, he's, he's a former wrestler who understands leverage. He understands balance. He understands how to keep himself in position. He, he, if you, he is a reliable pass protector. Um, his run blocking, like I said, he is decisive at times in reference to his, his run blocking. But at times, I think he is he's going to he is going to need to 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 understand that in this league, when you're going up against a 340 pound nose tackle, you are not going to be able to bull rush anyone. You are going to have to rely on your technique. Uh, And he does have very good technique. He is very competitive. He's very tough. He's like I said, the the uh, the coaches always say he has a uh, sky high football IQ. So he's one of those guys that also he's a locker room guy. He's a presence that people like, that pre- people personally like. And, and like I said, that sometimes goes a long way. Good technique, good awareness, high football IQ can sometimes make up for physical deficiencies. I am concerned, and like I've, I mentioned this before on the stream, that he has dropped 19 pounds since his last game in Minnesota. I know some people are saying, well, maybe he was told by the coaches to drop weight. Usually when you drop weight, you don't drop weight that much and that quickly in a short period of time. So I'm like I said, I'm not saying it's anything. I'm just saying it's something that you need to look at, something you need to monitor, something you need to watch. It's a solid pick. He should be a plug and play center. It is going to be asking him a lot to come in and be a reliable starter for the New York Giants offensive line because he is going to have some issues on both sides to have him in reference to the guard position. So I, I would not expect a lot of, unless one of the many guards that the giants drafted last year that were injured, come back and become something phenomenal. I don't think he's going to get a lot of guard help on some of the power rushers. I am worried a little bit about him against some of the speed rushers and the power rushers, because like I said, he does not have the quickness. He does not have, I would say the full lateral movement of someone like a Joe Tipman. Um, but like I said, he's going to be a plug and play guy for the Giants. Like I said, you got to get you got to give him an A for that pick. He is a guy that has a high upside. But like I said, he's also a guy that you got to look at a little bit and say, OK, why he has a high upside. If we actually watch the film and I love guys that do film breakdowns. I love I love guys that do film breakdowns on YouTube. I've talked about this before. I, I worked in the league. I did film breakdowns. I, I ran the I ran the XOS digital system for two NFL franchises, which was the first system that came in via the league that used the internet to record footage and send it directly into the internet to a server so coaches could watch it right after. Uh, and I ran that system for almost three seasons for two different, almost three and a half seasons for two different teams. And I don't do film breakdown. Why? Because I don't know the coverage. I don't know the assignments. I don't know the line shift. I don't know who blew the assignments. I don't know what the details were of the plays. And pe- but other people can figure that out. So bully to them. I also want to jump into one of my favorite picks. It's the 73rd overall Jalen Hyatt wide receiver, Tennessee. I, I actually had him going to the giants at 25 and I laugh because you see a lot of giant fans. I just love it. You see a lot of giant fans that are like, 
that didn't want, I would hear how Jalen Hyatt had all these deficiencies, has all these problems that we should never take him at 25 and we shouldn't take him at all. We take him in the third round and now he is the greatest New York giant wide receiver that we have ever drafted. <laughs> Good player. Everyone wants to talk about the five touchdowns against Alabama. To me, this is a solid A plus pick for the Giants. He has a he has the big play potential that this offense sorely lacks. Sorely lacks. Sorely lacks. Sorry, I can't talk today. He is he is a guy that you can work on the outside. You can put him in the slot. You can you can like I said, he's got speed. He's got the need for speed. He's got speed to burn. And that's what we need to do. We need to separate the field. I feel the need, the need for speed. We need to separate the field, have someone, because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take over the top safety help away from Waller. Because Waller's gonna get double teamed. But if you have someone that has that big play capability on any time he touches the ball. That's going to cause people in this league to stand up and take notice. This is one of those moves that if you take a look at it, again, this was a need to pick. I'm not saying it's a reach, but you drafted visa vis need for a wide receiver. And to have Jalen Hyatt fall to the 73rd overall pick to the Giants, and you have to give you have to give this pick an A plus. You really do. Now, again, the Giants sent their fourth, right, uh, fourth round pick, which is 120th overall, to the uh, Los Angeles Raiders. So, again, I'm not going to knock, I'm not going to say that this pick has the pick. I'm not going to say anything about trading up, but this is a value pick. This helps the Giants offensively, exponentially. This allows you now to have Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. You have, you have the Walla Walla Waller. You still have Bellinger. You still have Wanda Robinson, hopefully going to come back by the middle of the season, if not earlier. You have all the other, you know, you have Crowder he brought in, you got Brad Smith, you know, you, you, you brought you brought everyone, you brought everyone back. So now you have your big play home run threat. I like I said before, he reminds me a little bit of Devontae Smith. I know some people are concerned about how polished his route running is. I'm not concerned about that. I was more concerned about Kadarius Tony because, like I said, Kadarius Tony, when he came out of college, a scouting report on his route running was referred to as unique. And usually when we refer to something as unique, that's not a good thing. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that's got speed to burn. He may, he may only have 30 receptions. He may only have 40 receptions, but he could potentially have 600 yards on those receptions, if not more, because he is the guy with the big play capability. And like I said, only, only thing we need to do is have our quarterback find him. Now we have to go to the 172nd overall pick. Eric Ray, running back out of Oklahoma. It's funny because if you watch this pick and you watch the the you watch the Dable when this pick was made, Dable was not, I don't know what was going on. Watch the video on YouTube and on Twitter. I don't know what was going on, but he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy about something. Short guy, um, like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, of course, you always refer back to Joe Morris if you talk about those short bowling ball type guys. He, he is a, uh, you know what, he had his big season at Oklahoma. Um, it's, it's interesting because of the fact that, he, you know, people will say he's, 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 he's got the agility. He's got good vision. He, I don't think he has the pure pull away, breakaway speed. 
because if you watched a lot of his film, you see him get pulled from, down from behind quite a bit. Some people were comparing him to Ahmad Bradshaw. Ahmad Bradshaw, when he came out of Marshall, had speed. And Marat, Ahmad Bradshaw fell to us from Marshall because he had some, uh, he had some coming out of college, some uh, questionable, let's say, personal issues. Or, or you know, but we're, we're not going to get into that. But that's why he felt. That's why Ahmad felt. Ahmad fell to us, and I believe it was the seventh round. Um, so we, you know, th- it's two different stories. It's interesting because of the fact that some of the direct scouting reports say that he avoids contact and that he will step out of bounds instead of trying to get the extra yards. And if you watch some of the film. And I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but they had some great film on him. You could see him. You could see, and there was one play where he had a, he had at least a, a, two steps on the gentleman behind him. He had a safety coming up who was at least five yards in front of him. He could have picked up an additional three to four yards, then stepped out of bounds, but he stepped out of bounds right when he saw the safety. So some people said that he, acqu- he, he avoids contact. You know, you're, you're picking a guy 172nd overall. Is he going to make the team? Who knows? Is he a third? Could he be a third, fourth running back for the Giants? Yeah, of course. But you have to wait and see. He's not Saquon Barkley's replacement like the fucking craziness that I've seen. He's Saquon Barkley's replacement. The IQs just dropped sharply while I was away. And I didn't even go anywhere. Uh, the 209th pick uh, is Trey Hawkins, the third out of Old Dominion. I don't know a lot about Trey Hawkins. I really don't. I know he's like 6'1", 197, almost 200 pounds. Fast guy, he ran a four three nine, you know, and then he did the three, he did the uh, the short shuttle at four two two, vertical leap of thirty seven point five inches. That's what I know about him. <laughs> That's what I know about him. So, got like I said, I am gonna have to do uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to do some research on it because I really don't know a lot about the two hundred ninth pick. So I'm gonna give oh we I'm gonna give I'm sorry I'm gonna give Trey I'm gonna uh, Trey uh, Eric Gray I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give that pick a C plus. Uh, only because of the fact that I don't if you watch the film and I watched I started watching more and more of his film. If you got a guy that does not have that big play speed that gets dragged down from behind and potentially tries to avoid contact, that that's that's a C plus to me. Uh, a Trey, I don't know anything about. I can't give Trey. I can't give Trey a grade. I really don't. I don't know anything about him. Uh, Jordan Riley, defense tackle, defensive tackle out of Oregon, the two hundred forty third pick, six feet, three hundred forty pounds. I'm not, I, I don't know. This, this is, I think this was a size pick, maybe something that, and, and why we went another defensive lineman. Did we go best player available here? Because of the fact that you have so many defensive tackles right now, you're going to, you're going to pick up another one. He started his career at North Carolina before transferring to uh, Nebraska and then finally ending up in Oregon. He seems like a smart guy. I think he was a, he's an all, he's an academic, all big 10 I don't really see, I don't really see, I didn't really see the need. I wasn't really impressed by anything that I watched the little bit. I got to watch him in Oregon. But if you think about the fact you, you, you got, you then would have Riley Dexter Lawrence, DJ Davidson, Vernon Butler, Ashawn Robinson. You got the nacho man. And then also, if you want to throw in Leonard Williams, you got a lot of defensive tackles and no defensive ends. Uh, and then the kid out of Houston, the 254th pick overall. Again, I just know he's a big kid. He's athletic. Uh, I think over, I think in two years, he had 126 tackles, three interceptions. One of them returned for a touchdown, but, uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm going to give, I'm sorry. I'm going to give the Jordan Riley. I'm going to give that a D because I don't understand in in regards to the fact of necessity of all the defensive tackles that you have. 
And you could, t- you know, and it's one of those things. If you watched Wink's defense in Baltimore, you know, he had the likes of Kalis Campbell and some other big linemen, but then you also mainly had like people like Jude and, and other people that were coming from the defensive end linebacker positions. So they didn't have a plethora of defensive tackles. They had more of a plethora of outside linebackers or also referred to as ends or edges. Uh, so I don't know why we're, we're, I understand we have a problem with the run. I understand we have an issue stopping the run, but I don't understand the pick, but hey, it's not for me to understand. And like I said, Owens, I'm going to give a C because of the fact that I don't know. I don't know anything about him. He's, he's later in the draft. To me, he's a special teams guy. So you kind of, 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 kind of a chameleon. You got to just kind of go with there. I'm going with that. Overall, like I said, if you go by the first three picks, you to me, you're looking at an A plus. You're looking at an A draft. I never give an A plus because I, you give an A plus after the season. After you see what they do, or you give an A plus three years down the road, because everyone uh, doesn't, a lot of people don't understand that draft classes shouldn't really be graded for till three years after they're drafted, because then Makai Becton and Andrew Thomas would just be would just be reversed after one season. I love when fans want to just take one season and, and ding that as the guy's career. You know, one season's not a career, guys. And you know what? And I love it because people are like, well, you know, you were wrong about this pick. You were wrong about this pick. Yeah, I could be wrong about picks. All people are wrong about shit all the time. But also, why don't you wait three years? Because when I said take Andrew Thomas, best tackle in the draft, and Makai Becton had one good season ahead of him, everybody thought I was crazy. Oh, you were wrong about Andrew Thomas. He sucks. Now everyone is kneeling at the altar of Andrew Thomas. It takes a couple years, guys. It takes a couple of years. We got a lot of good videos coming back up. I'll be back on camera, I think, on Wednesday's video. We have a new partner, our, our sponsored video, coming up next week as well. We'll have the live stream again on Sunday. It's Sunday Giant, so we'll do that. Um, but you know what, guys? It's a great draft for the Giants. They, like I said, the first three picks, I got to give a solid A. Uh, after that, it's like a C plus. So I'm not going to do a draft average. <laughs> Because that's like a B plus and people just people go off on the rails and be like, oh, my God, I love it. How some of these people's drafts analysis are this. They go, it's an A draft. But then you look at it, they'll be like, you know, Banks, A, Schmidt, A, uh, you know, Hyatt, B plus, you know, Gray, C, you know, C for Hawkins, C for Riley, C for Owens. If you if you average that out, it's like a B. Oh, I know. I know, guys. I know. Oh, we got a lot of fun stuff we're also going to do this season. I think we're going to do three or four games where we're going to take subscribers um, to the Coaches Club during games where you get to hang out on the sidelines. We get to go out on the field and all that fun stuff. Oh, I just want to talk about the field for a second. Of course, I got my first opportunity, to, and I posted the pictures on Twitter to see the field of the, uh, to see this field of the new stadium. Not new stadium. To see the stadium's new field. It's more grass-esque. It's softer. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to run on it. <laughs> I ran on the other field. I'll probably run it next time, I'll, next time I'm out in the field. The Giants will be doing an event, and I'll run out in the field. Um, I, it, it seems a little slick to me, but like I said, it's hard to say because it's probably not in in-season condition. I am concerned that if you look at the picture, you can see seams. The other field, I will tell you, you could not see the seams. I don't know if that's just because of the fact they just laid it down and they need to fix it, but there are seams in the field. And I will tell you this, and I will tell you this from experience, watching the NFL and watching the NFL going back to the 70s. When there are seams in the field, that is when players get hurt. Just saying. 
That's where in, injury, a lot of injuries occur because of these scenes. Now, I don't know if, like I said, maybe the, I, probably what's happening is the field just is not ready yet. And I think that's going to be it. But like I said, go on Twitter, online Big Blue One, and look at it. You can see the seams. And again, this is Tim. This is New York Giants Straight Talk, online Big Blue LLC. Don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to ring that bell because you know what that, you know what that means? I don't know. Because I can't talk today, but that'd be awesome.